bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Mess in Progress, featuring myself, uh, Gina Brion, and the lovely, talented, everything person around y'all, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hello, people. Halo, because you're an angel. Sorry, I, I had time for coffee today. <laughs> I have, I, here's the thing, I'm, um, I'm doing, sorry for that. Wow. I'm doing um, decaf now. Cause I just um, choked on my overly energy, strong drink. Because caffeine gives me too much anxiety. So I, I kind of have to either do a decaf, because I like it for flavor, or a half calf. Okay, well. First of all, I'm going to have a moment of silence just personally for the loss of caffeine in your life because I love, oh. I love coffee and I Wait, could never only, decaf. I've only had ca- coffee for two years because I started drinking coffee at 30. Well, that's when it happens. That's when you get stressed enough where you need the coffee to stay awake. Right. So in reality, it's not really a loss when you think about it because I'm not somebody who was doing it since like 21. It's like two years. I, I think my body was like, yo, I've you been doing it since game. I was like four. See, that's the thing. I, I when I was little, my mom would give me like the little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like, and then you I get cracked I, out. Yeah. Well, no. Here's the funny thing. I've never been. I've never been someone who like coffee affected in like. Oh, it doesn't make me go to sleep. It actually, I could go to sleep. It's all internal. It's anxiety. It's not like awakeness. So that's why I was like, oh my god, I need decaf because I just enjoy the taste of coffee it's not the caffeine you know yeah i know yeah. jeremy's like that with coffee too and i'm like every time he drinks coffee i look at him like you want to drink coffee right now you know it's just gonna give you a, like it's gonna give you anxiety because he gets like that like if he drinks too if he has too much caffeine then he feels like his heart is beating too fast and he feels like he's breathing shallow and then he just starts to panic so i'm always like eh, maybe coffee's not for you son maybe switch to like a green tea which still has caffeine but like it's not crazy like coffee because sometimes he, he just wants it? to wake up Oh, okay. Yeah. Because no. it affects like, him in that way too, where it does give him that energy boost, but it's followed by this like crushing anxiety that like builds because of probably because of the energy boost. I think you, yeah. your energy shoots up so fast and so quick when you're affected by coffee. It makes sense that it would sort of give him a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, mm. I, I, I think eating apple, because apparently apple gives you as much energy as, uh, as, as caffeine. But again, that's if you want it for the energy, right? Like if he wants it for the energy, but caffeine affects his nerves, then an apple would give him just as much energy, like apparently. But with me, I'm like, I don't care for the, no, no, no. Apparently that's like a thing. I haven't like looked into it, but I'm pretty sure there are natural things that aren't caffeine that can give you energy, right? Because it's natural sugars. At the end of the day- You could take B12, you could take other shit to like give you energy. Right. At the end of the day, if he wants it for the energy, then why shoot your nerves in the foot? Like I, that, you know what I mean? Like for me, I'm like, I want it for the taste. Decaf makes sense. But he's also very particular about his apples. I've never met anybody with, I know, I know, laugh away, (laughs) laugh away. Cause it's the most ridiculous thing where he'll like try an apple and I'll be like, this one's mushy. I like them like cold and crispy, like in the refrigerator. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> in the house. refrigerator yeah yep yeah 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I have put an apple or two in the refrigerator, but like to need it in the refrigerator, like there's something to be said about a room temperature apple. I don't know what it is. And I know people have their food things, but that to me just seems like such a toddler thing. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, it's like a, if a baby were asking you to put his apples in the refrigerator, you'd be like, okay, well, he, why can't I understand that for an adult? I'm like, why can't that translate into adulthood? And it makes sense. And I guess it's just, I don't know. It's just not the way I work. So I just can't compute how that doesn't seem like such a, like that's a snack for a kid, like cold apples or some shit. Because it seems like such an unnecessary particular preference. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it yeah. seems like in the moment, you're just like, eat the apple yeah you like eat it like I mean I remember having apples in elementary school from like the you know the cafeteria eat the damn apple dude eat the apple bro just why 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 does it have to be a complicated process that's that's exactly what I think it is eat the apple eat it so I am in heaven because um it's December my favorite uh my favorite time is Christmas Christmas my favorite artist, Mariah, is the queen of Christmas. Um, I have seen the video for everybody who knows me. I have seen the video with her and Ariana and Jay Hood and loved it. Catherine sent it to me. Jenna sent it to me. Everybody that knows me and knows I love Mariah was sending this to me. And I was like, so happy. And Catherine, you said the funniest thing where you were like, only she could make Jennifer Hudson a backup singer. And I'm like, this is true. Only Mariah could be like, I know y'all are famous too, but you're going to sing backup for me. Yeah, and she's like, you're kind of famous because of me. Yeah, so. you're both kind of famous because of what I did. So <laughs> <laughs> you stand there, you stand there. We're your I'm dream girl, front and center. Yes, you're my <laughs> dream girls. I'm the star. Remember how it went? Remember, remember, remember when you, remember, and, you and Beyonce were in the? I'm Beyonce. the Beyonce. I'm the Beyonce. Well, I'm actually not the Beyonce. I'm the Mariah. Yes. Who the Beyonce is framed after. Just yes. so we're clear. Just so we're clear. It's basically all because of me. <laughs> That's all of Mariah's Aries energy is in that video. She's like, yes. it, all of it. Even uh, you know, the part where she harmonizes with Ariana Grande. Just, just y'all need to listen to this song because her and Ariana harmonize their whistle registers. And it's just how, the, wait, these are not human beings. They're clearly lizard people that are gifted special powers. <laughs> They're just how this is amazing. It's amazing. Listen to it. Um, I had a whole conversation with my mom though. We just came from Thanksgiving. So happy my mom got to meet the baby. Everything was dope. Mm-hmm. The food was incredible. My mom made pernil. I was happy. Um, <laughs> you know how long it's been since I've had chicharron? And my mom, when she made the pernil, she hands me a piece of chicharron because I haven't really been eating meat. And so, like, this was the first year that I was like, I'm gonna eat meat. So she gave me a piece of chicharron with pride, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> if you ever would try to give me a regular pork rind I will scoff I will be like I'm not eating that ghetto trash but you hand me a piece of chicharron which is the same exact thing same thing and I'll be like this is made from the heavens is it because chicharron like do you need it to <laughs> now in the defense of Germany, do you need it to be hot and straight out of the oven I think I need it to feel fresh Fresh, yes. I need it to feel fresh because I feel like the, the chicharron or the pork rinds you buy at the store look like styrofoam. Ladies and gentlemen, she needs her pig skin fresh. to be fresh. This fresh, is what she fresh. just said. Chicharron is pork rinds 
when I do eat meat, I like my shit to still be squealing. <laughs> like that is <laughs> <laughs> this coffee Dang. has done me wonders today, y'all. But I was bummed because my mom was like, she called me and she's like, we're thinking we're going to cancel Christmas. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, Mr. Grinch. Let's have this conversation. What you mean we canceling Christmas, mom? Like, But the, w- the wording is so like dramatic. <laughs> cancel. Like it feels like, again, because we watched the Mariah thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like they stopped the presses, like put the hand on the red Christmas button and said, we're canceling Christmas. And then across the, the Brion clan, every household. Yes, every household, an alarm went off. The cancel Christmas alarm was like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and everybody was like, no, not Christmas. <laughs> what? I don't understand Christmas at my house. Y'all don't understand. First of all, Brion holidays. Like, if you have not experienced <laughs> one, we need our own Christmas special, like, film. Oh yeah, it is bananas. We have so much crazy fun. Like all of my siblings are dope. They're all fire. We get them all together. They're freaking insanely funny. Every one of my siblings. That's true. My parents are funny too. My mom's the straight man. My dad is like the goofy jokester guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to miss all that energy on Christmas. Yeah. Like, and Christmas is like, and for me and my brother, like, I remember the first Christmas that I was not home. I think the only Christmas I was not home. I only worked one Christmas because I just couldn't handle it. I was so sad. I was without my family that um, my brother, because he knew I was so sad. When you were on the ship? Yeah. Yeah. When I was coming, when I came home, my brother had, because I was living with my brother at the time, my brother Steven, he had left a note for me on the whiteboard that said, Christmas starts when you get here. And he had set up like all these little presents. And I was like, I literally, I cried because I was like, (laughs) I was so lonely. Um, Aw, And so like we had such an amazing at home little Christmas and I just can't imagine like, I get it though. Like a lot of people are talking about not doing Christmas this year because money is mad tight. That's the main reason money is tight. It's like, I can't afford to give you the Christmas I want to give you. So I don't know what to do here because I get it. Cause even me and Jeremy have talked about it. Like he's got 10 niece to nephews. Yeah. He would love to buy them all Christmas presents, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what to get y'all. I can't spend that kind of money. Like even for our son, like this is his first Christmas and it's kind of a bummer because it's like, we may well, not be able to go to grandma's. It's easier. Well, he's going to forget for us. It's like, this sucks for your first Christmas because we yeah, this is about it. y'all. Like, let's be real about parents. 100%. Like yeah. this, this first Christmas is about us being able to show him pictures and be like, oh my God, look at your first Christmas and your little outfit and your pictures with grandma and yes. look at people opening presents. Here's the thing. I don't know how I'm going to handle it when he gets older, because when kids get older and they're opening presents, it breaks my heart when they realize that they have opened their last present. Aww. It literally breaks my heart to see like a four or five year old kid who has lived to get these presents. It and breaks now, my heart when a kid doesn't pick up the wrapper. Such a cancer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you got like seven gifts, that's great. You're going to play a ton, but don't like pick up the wrapper. I, I, I have a, and maybe it's because of my mother where we were kids. She put so much she gave us so much responsibility. Like she was like, it was your rapper, like pick up the rapper. My mom wasn't the kind who like, would just be like, let him go play. Cause she was gonna let us play for three days straight. Yeah. Three days straight. 
So she still wanted to give us some type of responsibility. I think also it depends because my Christmas was a little different. We had Noche Buena, so we opened all the gifts there. But on Christmas morning, we opened Santa's gift. So because there was only one gift on Christmas morning, I didn't really have a last gift. Okay, because we didn't do, we we straight up 100% Christmas. Like we didn't do Three Kings. We didn't do none of that. We didn't, none of that. We did straight up Christmas. So all of our presents were open Christmas morning. morning. And it was, it's such a fun thing, like. I'm going to miss that terribly that just sitting with my family and opening up gifts and even getting somebody something like not even a crazy extra. I just, but I also love gift giving. Like that's the way that I love. When you talk to love languages, I love gifting people things or helping people with things. That's just how I am. And so it kind of takes away the joy that I have for this holiday because that's what I want to be giving, I want to be giving people stuff, but I'm also like, I have a child to think about. Like when you have a kid, it's like, I have to think about setting up his future. So now there's so much more financial pressure to be like, do we have a bomb ass Christmas or do you go to a bomb ass college? Like, or, or do you have a bomb ass like savings because I saved up money for you? Like, you know, that's, that's something that I have to think about now. It's just kind of a bummer to think that worldwide there's this like, man, Christmas is going to be tough this year. Uh, well, I mean, I think people were already dealing with that with Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Like, but I, I mean, for I, Thanksgiving, sometimes, surprisingly enough, I've met a number of people that Thanksgiving is not a big holiday for. And I'm always surprised by that because that's another, any big family holiday is big for my family. So the fact right. that you sit around with your family on Thanksgiving, that's huge to my family. So right, I, right. I can't ever not see myself doing Thanksgiving with my family. But other people right. are like, yeah, I'm not going to fuck Thanksgiving. I don't want to do Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh, oh. Right. It's nothing. just a Thursday for people. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, no, pass me the gravy, no nothing. <laughs> but I meant more like this year in particular. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there is something to be said about that shared experience of, you know, because I mean, I I I understand the the money aspect of things, but just the traveling aspect of things, like you know, not to you be the person to go into COVID, but the fact of the matter is that it is being said that the numbers are going to be going up because of the carelessness of people traveling for Thanksgiving. So it is a little bit like, and this is just my point of view on it. There has to be, this This year is challenging a selflessness. It is. Yeah. Like I understand that aspect of like wanting the community, wanting all of that, but it's also one year. I think for you in particular, it's special because it's Jaden's first year, yeah. right? Like, had he been like 12 yeah. or 14, it'd be different. Over 14, I'd be like, yo, my man, deal with it, son. Like, right. we got money, we're stuck in a pandemic, like, deal That's with That's where I understand your specific situation. But overall, there's a lot of people who are kind of like, we're taking a pandemic break because it's the holidays. Yeah. And that in itself, you know, show we're still in the waiting period to see how that's going to look two weeks from now. I mean, a week and a half from now yeah. from Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I get it and I feel it, but I, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit more like the, the big picture. I'm like, yo, if y'all want, if y'all don't want to lose Christmas for two years, lose one. I feel you. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I feel you. I think you're right too. I think that that's something to take into consideration is like, I don't, I'm, first of all, I'm 100% over this entire situation. I am 100% over this. I miss traveling. I miss working. I miss going to comedy clubs. 
I can't even bring my son with me now. If I were to leave and go to a comedy club, if I bought him with me, he's got to stay in the hotel with my husband because we just have to be safe with him. So it's like, it, I'm so over this whole situation where I'm like, if there, I mean, I don't know your feelings on the vaccine. I will say it like, if that vaccine actually turns out to help people i'm waiting till that first group of people go i'm not yeah that's that exactly what it is yeah i'm, I'm not trying to be a guinea pig no you sh- you prove to me that it works that you yeah. have run a trial successfully and it works cool yeah. i'm down but i'm not i'm not letting you guess and put something in me right right nah, i ain't about that life um plus i feel like um in general there are, there are going to, I wonder if there's going to be multiple vaccines and which one will work and all of that. So for me, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm just pro trial periods. Like very pro trial period. And like, but I I think I was, Jenna was telling me this morning that they're offering 1500 to people to try the vaccine. I'm like, no, I'm good, son. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. that's, That's crazy. Like well, she was saying too, and I agree with her that it's mad shady that they're like, here, take this, we'll give you money. But if it kills you, then we can just take that money right back. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Um, did you ever see the first purge? Yes. You remember how like the the first purge was in on Staten Island mm-hmm. and they were using them as incubators? Yep. That's kind of how I feel. Like that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And that's really messed up because like anybody who has seen the Purge movies, they're amazing. I understand that a lot of people don't like horror movies, but there's also a socioeconomic and political yes. commentary in these movies. Watch these and movies. in the first Purge in particular, they talk a lot about the trial period of that society starting off and mm-hmm. how they really use people in the lowest economic bracket to test a new thing. So that's kind of what I feel would be yep. in the same talking. situation. They're exploiting. 100 100 there are people that need that money so bad yeah especially now yep they will go and be guinea pigs for that shit 100 if you're thinking about it don't do it don't trust that shit Mm -mm -mm -mm. no 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 if you're thinking about it and because at the same time i don't want to tell people i don't understand people's desperation levels right and i don't want to judge them so if you're thinking about it think really hard you have to really think about it but it's it's also like be i mean be smart about that shit like if you're that hard up for cash you're that hard up for cash do you really want to risk your life because you may not even be alive to enjoy that 1500 well that's exactly why i'm saying think it out because maybe they won't enjoy that 1500 maybe it just pays the bills because they're thinking about it for someone else i just feel like there's always something hidden when people are like i'll give you x amount of cash that sounds like a juicy amount of cash to do something and you're like okay but like why isn't that just another stimulus package? Like, why is this now a thing where you're giving me money to take this, to put something in my body? No, it is shady. I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm saying, though that, I'm saying, though, that some people don't even have the ability to think this critically about it because they're that much in survival mode. Yeah, and I understand that. That's, that but that's, that's exactly who they get. They're hoping people are that hard up that they're in survival mode and they're like, I gotta, I'll do anything for cash, yo. I'll yeah. do anything for cash right now. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's sad. That's where I look at it. But again, to go back to the, um, the Christmas thing, it's like, it's hit or miss. Like, for instance, if people are going to spend Christmas together, here's my thing. You could get tested right? You could get tested the day before and make sure that everybody in the house has gotten tested. 
how many families are actually going to do that? First and foremost, mm-hmm. actually, everybody, everybody gets tested. Secondly, so depending on where you get tested, it's two to three to four days that you get the results, right? Not everybody can get the rapid test. Um, number three, even if you got your test in the time that it takes to travel over there for each and every person, you could bring cousin COVID along from the train, from the plane, from the bus, from the tram, whatever. You could then get it on the way. That's the risk. That's the problem. The fact that it's like as much as you want to be, like you want to have a precaution, you don't know. We're in, yeah. we're in a place where you really don't know. You have to be so careful and so yeah. mindful of everything that you touch, everyone uh-huh. that you talk to, everything. If you're going to be traveling, if you're going yeah. to, and I would only travel if I'm driving someplace, like even for work so far, I've told them only to get me work on the East coast so that I can drive there. Cause I, I don't feel comfortable flying. Like I don't, I don't trust it unless I bring every kind of sanitation device to sanitize my entire area. We are talking hand sanitizer wipes, a little thing of Lysol, which I have bought with me before to spray things down. Like you have to be that paranoid about this in order for us to get out of this situation. But even that, is that even paranoid anymore? I had this conversation so. with somebody the other day. It's not. And that's the thing. We need to stop making that into, like I have um, a friend who I think I probably like a month and a half ago was one of the first times that I went to outdoor dining, mm-hmm. right? Because if I was going to do anything and I, it was because I spent the whole summer inside mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to go outside. I need to do something, but I'm not going to be in an inside outside. So I need to be on an outside outside. And I was being so like washing my hands constantly. Anytime I touched a surface, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was very, very um, diligent, this friend goes, oh my God, you're being, um, in Spanish is maniatica. You're being very uh, 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 um, anal about it. You're, yeah. you're kind of a maniac. It didn't bother me personally, but I did kind of feel like, I don't think a maniac about using hand sanitizer exists in a pandemic. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like- That's the thing where it's like, first of all, the safest people are the people who are germaphobes to begin with. So we spent years like judging germaphobes and it's like, they're the safest people now because they've been wiping handles, washing their hands, OD and paying attention to all that stuff for a long, long, long time. Because it's also an adjustment. Yeah, it is. That aware. I remember um, I briefly, I can't even call it like dating. It was like friends with benefits situation (laughs) with a dude that I knew for years who I had no idea was a germaphobe. This was a guy that I met in the beginning of my comedy career. And like, he's a, he's a comedian too. And like, we had hooked up and we were going on a date and he was picking me up and I was, I was in Cali and I was across the street. So I pressed the thing to, you know, when you're crossing the street in Cali, cause they have them everywhere so that it makes a light red so you can cross. I forget what it's called, <laughs> the crosswalk thingy. So I press it, I get in his car. This man ha- is having a freak out because I touched that thing. He's like, there are hand wipes right in your door. I need you to wipe your hand right now. I need you to wipe the handle. Like he was legit, like I'm not having it. Like, I can't believe you just touched that thing with your hand and then just came in my car. Like, I was just like, well, all right. But now, but now that's one of those things where if I did touch that, I would immediately have to use hand sanitizer. hundred percent. Like, yeah. Now, uh, I saw this thing on Twitter that was like, um, do y'all wear your outside clothes on your bed? 
And a lot of answers were like, what does that even mean? And it was like, okay, so you're dirty. Because if you don't understand what outside clothes on your bed is, yep. you don't understand that. I understood you were- that right away. And I thought I started to think about it. I'm like, you know, I have done that. I have worn my outside clothes like on my bed. Well, you're, and people don't understand why. So outside clothes is whatever you were wearing during the day while you were in the yeah. world world. The minute you get home, it's the same as taking off your shoes. Because again, shoes, world, world, um, like floor. World, world, like, bacteria, world, world, right. world, dirt, everything on you. So when you have your clothes on, you sit on a train, you sit on a bench, you sit in your office, you lean on something. That's all in proximity to other people's germs and just world germs. Your home germs are your home germs. Whoever is in your home, it's yours. But you're literally putting all those germs on where you sleep. So then here's the the irony, because a friend was like, it's not that serious. I go, isn't it? then why do you shower before you go to sleep? Because you shower to be fresh and clean, but you just sat on a bed that you were sitting on for six hours with outside clothes. Dude, ew. In reality, when you come home, you should take off your clothes, put them in the hamper, take a shower, and change into at-home clothes. Yes. But like, it's one, I don't, I don't do it. I have to start doing that now. And I can understand outside clothes on your couch. Cause if you have guests, for instance, you might bring them to your couch. But in your bed? In your bed, right. And I'm now, and I'm probably gonna be this forever, somebody who like, no, take off your shoes when you get into my house. Yep. And like, that's overall. I, I just, again, I, I feel like cleanliness is such a bother to people. It doesn't make it sense to me, I didn't realize. Being a, it is because they're like, oh, it's another step that I have to do. It's like we're all stuck in this adolescent teenage mindset where we're just like, I don't want to take off my clothes and put on other clothes and take a shower. And it's so much work. Yeah, and it is also work fighting off a disease. So let's get that outfit changed. It's so crazy, man. Like, I think that, like, um, we're in this phase. Um, and it's very interesting because it goes back into the Christmas thing. It, we're in this phase of the pandemic where I would like, I would think that 90% of people are exhausted with some version of what has, what this year has been. So I get it, right? Like myself, I'm an, I'm an inside person. So this to some degree isn't the worst, but there are aspects that I'm like over. It is the ultimate test against people from the United States of America mm-hmm. to right now decide the I versus the we, yeah. right? Like, you think you would ever we are bounce? such an I society. Do you think we would ever bounce from this country? Like, would you ever bounce from, from the States? And if so, like, where would you go? I think, I think that if I did, it would have to correlate with whatever my lifestyle is. So whether I'm working or whatever the case may be, but I like some, I would go anywhere that has a better understanding of a healthcare system. And uh, hmm, honestly, I would, I haven't done it because I haven't thought about it, but I would survey the world for a society with an ethics politics that actually suits me. Right. So that alone, like I know people will be like Canada because they're friendly, but I think that's an easy answer if you like live in the United States. But I don't. So I can't say I where like I'm- Canada, but I don't know if I would live in Canada. I had a friend who actually bounced from the States and went to Canada because he was so tired of the BS over here where he was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Bye. Um, 
for me, it'd either be, I would consider Canada, but the only time I've ever really experienced it is when I've been there for like, just for laughs. And so it's not a fair assessment because that's like my favorite time to be there. It's all about comedy. It's like, that's not how it is all the time. So, but what I would, I will say is I fell in love with London from the first time I went there. So I've always thought like, if I bounced anywhere as, as crappy as the weather is in London, I would love to experience living out there for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I know Jeremy would want to go somewhere warm, but I'm like, well, I'm good. Like, I want some place that has, like, a, an interesting history. Like, I want, you know, I want, that's what I want. Or if I was, yeah, I have never, I've never been to Australia, but probably some places where I feel like the people are a little more laid back or chill or a little more progressive in their way yeah. of thinking, like, something like that. Like I've never been to Ireland, but I heard Ireland's dope. Like I would love to just experience different countries. Like I've thought about that a lot. Like, especially for Jaden's sake, I would love to take him and travel to different places. But like, I'm always like, where would I live? If I wasn't here in the States, like if I, if I could get, if I was out of the States, where would I go? Because of the places I have experienced, London's always been dope. Italy, I only experienced Rome. So I haven't even seen any other part of Italy but I fell in love with it when I was over there. Rome was the dopest. And that was just for my honeymoon. Like I only saw Paris because of my honeymoon and Rome because of my honeymoon. Yeah. And London. I went to London again on my honeymoon and and Madrid too, because we went, we went all to to all those places. But of the places that stuck out, Paris was a lot cooler than I thought it was going to be because I thought there was going to be mass stuck up. But it turns out if you even attempt to speak a little bit of French to French people, they actually, they, they actually are pretty friendly. They're just like, thanks for the, thanks for the attempt. You can stop now. We speak English, but <laughs> like, they're like, you're butchering our language, but I appreciate you at least trying. Yeah. So I, I always thought like, where would I be? Where well, see, I that's be? why I, I'm a very, like, I like, I, I, I'm very much someone who, um, home matters. Right. So for me, home is the United States. Yeah. Point blank. Um, in particular, New York. Yep. So it would be hard for me to leave New York for starters Girl, yeah. um, in the United States. But then if I were to leave the United States, that's why I'm saying to me, it comes down to all the, re- I would have to pros and cons it and go, what is it that I dislike about living in this country? It, and whatever that is, I need to find a place that has the complete, like that has that. Yeah. Okay. So this is what's missing here. I found this place that has that. Now, like no, I'm pretty place, sure. Huh? Every place is going to have its level of BS too. Like that's what it's right. like. Just but it means- decide, are you willing to put up with that versus what you're putting up with now? Right. And that's how I would choose um, where I would go. It would have to be based solely in my ethical views, my um, political views to some extent and my quality of life. That's it. Because other than that, I might as well stay where is where's home. Yes, I'm so itchy. I'm sorry. I keep scratching myself and saying I'm itchy because I keep, I keep getting, what is it now? <sighs> All right. I just keep getting very itchy every time I eat or drink something. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on with my body right now. Uh, but it's really hard to not get annoyed at myself. Ugh, I've been thinking a lot about, this is something that's been on my mind for a minute, uh, bitch afness. Now let's talk a little bit about bitch assness. What defines bitch assness for you? Well, I mean, for me, I haven't used that word in forever, but um, <laughs> yeah, cause it's one of those early 2000s words. Yeah. But um, according to Google, 
Um, so the person who coined bitch assness is Diddy, right? Okay, Diddy. Diddy, Diddy okay. Puff Daddy, Sean Combs. Whoever you know, that's who coined it. Um, <laughs> and it was on Making the Man, because he used to say it a lot to Making the Man. And I don't mean the old town Making the Man. I mean the band Making the Man before yeah. Danity Kane Making the yeah. Band. With so, yeah. Dylan, <laughs> the best Dylan. Dylan, 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 and Dylan. Um, so it's, uh, it all, there's three definitions apparently. So it overall means stank um, with, um, through words, facial expressions, and or song. Um, and then, uh, oh, it's also, it can mean envy, hate, and deceit. But he also made like a really, really early 2009 YouTube video, kind of commercial for like a shirt that he was making that was no bitch assness. Um, and it said, uh, except anybody who has excessive excuses, chronic yes. blinking, yes. or scratches. So that's the definition according to excessive Diddy. excuses, I think, is more how I would define it. It's like excessive excuses for not doing something, yeah, you know, especially something that would benefit you that you keep making excuses about not doing. And the people in your life are like, yo, why are you not doing this? Like, that to me is the most annoying form of bitch assness is like because I see bitch assness as a lot of different things but definitely that making excuses is a big part of it for me um that sets me off when I'm like why do you keep making excuses about shit right. uh, also whininess mm. being overly whiny about shit instead of getting it done like enough with this bitch assness like if you stop whining about shit and get shit done fix it because to me, it's like, you're just, you're just making the problem worse. If you're not trying to figure out a solution to your problem and all you're doing is whining about how hard it is and why you can't do this and why you can't do that. I don't want to hear about what you can't do. What can you do? How can you fix it? You know? Right. And I think it's just like, I've noticed lately a lot of bitch assness in the world and it is truly disturbing. It is truly disturbing how much bitch assness goes on. Un unchecked bitch assness. I mean, okay, so I have the question of what do you mean? Because again, in a 2020 pandemic world, the rules are different. The rules don't apply. Yes and no, because- So I'm saying how, how? Yeah, yes how and no, be? because when it comes to being paranoid about like washing your hands and being healthy, absolutely there is no bitch assness in that, none whatsoever. But when it comes to a certain point where- You've been whining and bitching about the same issue in your life that really hasn't been affected by the pandemic, but you're using that as an excuse to yes. whine about the same shit. You're being a bitch ass. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. This yeah, you're choosing bitch assness. Yeah, the pandemic did not affect your laziness. The pandemic did not affect your inability to get shit done. You did. You did that shit. Because if it's the same situation that existed before the pandemic that you wasn't doing shit about, and now you're trying to say, oh, but there's a pandemic. Nah, son. Nah, you should have been to care of that. I guess. I, I think that like it depends. Like, yeah, when it comes to like the cleanliness thing, no, there's no. no absolutely. There's nothing. That, everybody should be that paranoid. Everybody should be using hand sanitizer all day, every day, taking showers, regularly washing their hands, everything, wiping shit down after you use it. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like when it comes to. It's weird because excuses me for me. It's like, what does that mean to me? Right. So like if somebody's going through something and they're expressing themselves and it's just the first time that they're expressing themselves, that's not the chastness. They're expressing themselves. Yes. Now, 
If they've expressed themselves, they've seeked out the advice they need, the counsel, they've thought it out, blah, 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 blah. They have all the answers they need. And then they continue, that's bitch, bitch assness. Exactly. But the first time I give them the pass. Cause yeah, people, like the first just, time you're just, yeah. you're trying to work something out. But if it's like the 57th time you bring up the same shit, you bring up the same points, you still have no solution. You clearly have not even tried to solve this problem. That's bitch assness. Like, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear your bitch ass complaints anymore. I want to see you do something. And that's, that's for friends, family members, everything. It's like, what I will say about this whole pandemic thing, I think it made a lot of people realize how bad they are with money (laughs) it made a lot of people realize all the shit like you look back at your purchases you look back at everything and you go fuck if I had just saved the bag I made here if I had just made you know made better choices with the money I made back then like it really makes you think like at least for me and for a lot of my friends that I know that it's not like we've made terrible financial decisions but it's still like yo there was a time when I had mad bank coming in and I should have been smarter with it. Yeah. You know what I I mean? And I feel like that's a big lesson that we're all learning is financially we could all be better and smarter and prepare. Even if you prepared, like even if you prepared for a rainy day fund, your rainy day fund is probably depleted by now with as long as this pandemic has gone on. So yes, thank goodness you prepared for that. But now your panic is, I got to build up a brand new rainy day fund now. Yeah. Because no, yeah. it just blew through all of my money. Nobody was ready for this. Yeah. No, I, I, there's so many levels to how this has affected everything and everyone, right? Yeah. It's funny. I'll, I'll give you an example of bitch assness that I was talking about the other day. Okay. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's a new wave bitch assness, but okay. still bitch assness. Um, so apparently, guys on Tinder, I haven't been on Tinder, but a friend of mine, she's like just, she's not dating. She's doing the swipe for fun, but not actually dating. It's a TikTok, um, game. It's a TikTok game. It's the Tinder game. We'll talk about yeah, TikTok in a second. Exactly. She told me she hasn't seen this on Hinge. I haven't either, but she has seen it on Tinder that guys are literally throwing up the result, their, their negative the COVID, COVID results. Result. Yo, or putting it in their bios like... Took a test December 2nd, negative. Like, negative. What? <laughs> but what in the bitch ass this is that to me? And here's why because he's not giving excuses. He's not anything like that. But you want to know what you are telling me? I'm negative, so come through. I'm negative, so we should be meeting up. You're still a problem to the overall situation. It also made me think our ladies. Taking this more serious than men. Because you see what I'm saying? If guys are putting this up on their on their tinders, then is it because ladies are going, I'm gonna need to see results? I'm gonna need to social distance. I would, I would love, I would love to stay quiet on this, but my Aries nature will not allow me to stay quiet on this. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we just yeah. we are. We so are. We're so we're taking this so much more seriously. Yeah, we just are. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that we have to be so careful with our bodies in general. Yep. I think that we're so used to being this, so 
cautious and having to be so cautious that for us it's like second nature to be aware of these things versus men where it's like yeah I took the test I'm good and I'm like yeah but you still go out without gloves I seen you without a mask like I I seen you do this you took the test and it was negative thank god yeah but you're still putting yourself at risk every day doing dumb shit yeah like it's the simplest thing the simplest thing is I was (laughs) facetiming with another friend guy friend and he is FaceTiming me from like being in the street and then getting home. Right. And I was doing other stuff too. I think I was cooking. So I'm like noticing what he's doing and where he's at, but I'm doing my own thing. Right. Yeah. And I think he's already home for like 20 minutes and I don't know why. And I probably sounded like a mother, but I said, did you wash your hands? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. I really couldn't help myself. I just, my brain like thought it and then was like, it's coming out. It's coming out. Did you wash your First of all, Right now, everybody has the right to ask that question. So if you get asked, did you wash your hands? Do not get offended. People are trying to protect themselves and you. So if you did not wash your hands, get thee to a bathroom post haste. Right. Like how, how do you, like the minute I get home, you would think I just got out of surgery. I like oh, take yeah. shoes, socks. I'd be like, stand away to anybody in my vicinity. <laughs> I got the Brillo pad out. I'm like, I'm gonna get this skin off. I'm gonna get a new and layer of skin. So much so that I don't even touch the inside doorknob until I've cleaned my hands. Yeah. Then I come back and I lock it because my, my door doesn't lock. But like, you wanna know why I don't do that? Because Touching your own front door, like literally the inside, is so subconscious that that is where I would mess up. That So I constantly kind of, when I walk by it, I'll remember, okay, I did clean it. I did wipe it down. Or Catherine, you haven't been outside in two days. Chill, girl. Nobody's touched that inside yeah. since you last cleaned you it. Left. You haven't right. left. But if that, you wipe it down for your own mental sanity, just like, go ahead and wipe it down. Stuff like that is what I feel like naturally, as you said, I'm sorry to say it. I know a lot of very cleanly men. I know a lot of them. Um, But in particular, I do think that women have been conditioned to be more hygienic, to be more concerned with our personal, our person. And and that's the thing that we have not conditioned men to be that aware of cleanliness, to be that aware of hygiene. We just sort of let them rock, which is why you'll find a lot of boys that are freaking gross yeah you're freaking gross like the amount of times like i've had to tell men in my life like that's gross yeah stop doing that that is disgusting like i'm i'm appalled with how many times i've had to say that to them a lot of men in my life where i'm like that's literally disgusting yeah and you need to go take a shower you need to put that in the hamper you need to stop leaving crusty plates and stuff all over the place like I don't know, like, okay, when I was young, when I was younger, and even to this day, if I use a lot of dishes and I leave them around the house, if I go visit my mom, she goes, y esa tienda. Like, yep. every time she sees something, like, what? you just want to leave your stuff here? And that trained me to be like, all right, let me move my dishes to the sink. Let me wash them. Let me put them away. Like, you know, my mom <laughs> cleaned. She cooked and she cleaned. Let me be respectful and just let me take care of my part. Right. Which is part of being a good, not just a hygienic person, but even if you're just in a roommate situation, a good roommate, just yes. being a cleanly person that has to be around other people. 
like but that's what the situation is with this whole like disease that we're com- we're roommates in community in this country mm-hmm. so yes please wash your hands and don't get offended if somebody kind of like gives you the did you wash your hands look at best you know what i mean because for you to scoff at it And if you are one of these bitch ass people that openly sneezes and coughs without covering your fucking mouth, you deserve for somebody to punch you dead in the jaw. Like understand that when somebody inevitably steps to you because you did that dumb shit during a pandemic, that's on you. That's on you. I said this to a friend the other day. I truly believe that um, (laughs) the country should start finding people. Yeah, 100%. Like meaning I think that if you book a plane ticket and it's not for a necessity, a proven necessity at this point, until the end of the pandemic, they should allow you to book it, refund it, and then send you a fine. I feel like, I don't think it has to be a necessity because sometimes people just want to go see their family. I think that if you don't abide by the rules, if you do, if you decide you're going to travel and you're not going to wear a mask and you're not going to use the hand sanitizer and you're not going to no. do this, then you should get fined. I no. think you should have the right to travel where you want to travel but if you're not going to abide by the rules like look if i have to go somewhere like even when i've done shows now that they'll do in the park or they'll do on rooftops that's work but even if like even if i've just gone to see a show you know what i mean like i'm wearing like airplane yeah that's what i'm talking about too like if i have to travel like i don't think you should you can't really sanction and say like you can only travel for this reason whatsoever. But I'm just saying that for some t- a time period, like because listen, we can't be a, we can't be the, the same person who goes, I'm tired of this, and then on the other hand, not want to be strict. Strictness allows us to get over it, and then you stop being tired of it. What I'm saying is depends on where the strictness lies. The strictness lies to me in yeah. making sure we enforce these new rules of hey, if you're going to be on an airplane, you're going to wear this mask, you're going to use this hand sanitizer, we're going to sanitize as much as we can, but it's also on the individual. I was bringing wipes from the beginning of this because I was still working at the beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. I was bringing wipes to the airport with me. I was wiping down my seat. I was wiping down the area I put my hands on. I know where my hands usually go. So I wipe down those areas preemptively. And then when I was done, I would wipe it down again because I'm being respectful of the next person coming in. Yes, but I'm saying in general, big picture, we want this to be over, right? Yeah. Big picture, we want it to be over. Then shouldn't we as a society be doing everything to have it be over, which to me includes... I understand somebody might want it unless it's for a job or something like a death of a family member. And there's something. Well, the only issue with that is if we make it through with that mentality, then what's going to happen when we go back to regular travel? Like people can't just go and be like, I'm only going to travel for work and follow these rules for work. When we get out of this situation, if you've only traveled for work and the the emphasis was not on following the rules when you travel as opposed no, to your reason should be for travel. Either way, it should be both. But I'm saying like there's going to come a time right. where we're going to be traveling for leisure. Everybody wants that back. Right. But what I'm saying is that we've never incubated a time where we didn't. Because if we would have, right, mm-hmm. then you would incubate that and just that. And that's what I'm saying. There should be fines. Sorry. You just want to go visit somebody? No. 
There's a time period. Once we've brought the numbers down, once we've gotten to a certain place, we continue to enforce the other rules, the ones that we're doing now, because what we've done is little by little actually contained the issue. The big issue is spreading of it unnecessarily because people are more concerned with leisure than they are with the overall spread. Well, I don't think I don't think the issue has ever been leisure right now. I don't think the issue has ever been leisure. People are concerned that the issue is more hygiene than it is leisure because it's people people's personal hygiene. The reason why a lot of this was spreading was because people weren't washing their hands, weren't doing this, weren't that. Yeah. And now, yes, there's different forms of the virus now and there's different ways that it started to spread because things mutate and mature. But I think just for me personally, the more important thing lies in the, these are the rules from now on. Take these rules with you and practice them always. Teach them to your children. Teach them to everybody in your life. In but, terms of travel, because travel will be what travel is. At some point, travel is that there's going to be a societal change in lifestyle, in hygiene. So yeah. yes, I do understand that you're talking about an ultimate change that should never stop, right? That just needs to be the norm. Like, I honestly feel like we should have more hand sanitizers in more places in general. Well, without a doubt, there. I mean, I don't know what Purell stock is looking like now, but I'm sure they made bank because everybody's buying hand sanitizer. Right. 100% there will be, I forget where I was, where there was hand sanitizer at each individual table. I forget where I was, but the, there are businesses that are doing that now. But that, and I feel like that's more of a long-term lifestyle thing. I'm saying just to, just to highlight the current moment we're in, that we are past six months into the quarantine in comparison to other countries. The biggest difference between this country and other countries is we don't listen. Somos necio. So that's why I said leisure because people are traveling because of we are a I want society. Yes, we that's are a very fact. I want society. And and that's what I'm saying that if we were to it's too difficult we, to regulate that because people will lie. Like that's the thing. It's like people will say, I'm doing this for business. Meanwhile, they're going to Florida to hang out on the beach. Like, Which is why I'm saying that there should be some type of proof. The way you get proof that you came to from the doctor, yeah, it, there should documentation. be. And I think people were doing that in the beginning. People were just getting cut off from leisure at all, any, any place. However, there were states here in the U.S. that yeah. decided we don't fuck with those rules. And that's unfortunately up to the legislation and everybody that's in power in those but states. But that's what I'm saying is the issue. The issue still comes down to me. Leisure. The fact that people don't want to let go of their individualness and well, overall what I, like, what I feel like is the problem with that, again, is it's too hard to regulate leisure unless you turn it into such a controlled state that then people complain about I'm that. sure it is. I'm just saying. It's a double-edged that, I'm saying that's what is the issue, right? Like when it comes down to it, then as individuals, we need to ask ourselves, how am I contributing into that? Because if I'm aware, the entire state of Florida, that I feel like Florida no, was. I, I know. I'm just saying in general, in this country, we are at a place where we also need to ask ourselves, am I doing enough? And at what point am I also participating in the bigger problem? Right. Like, I think people, to some degree, hmm? I would love for people who lived in those states to explain or justify why they went against everything that was told to us and worsened the situation. 
whether it was because they didn't believe what was going on or whatever. It's like, what was your justification for this when worldwide we are given a set of rules and you decide those rules don't work for you? Because as a society in the United States of America, we are an I society. I first. So I want to not listen. I don't care if the world said this. It's that. That is literally, like, I don't know if you remember the movie um, Crazy Rich Asians, mm-hmm. where um, she goes, she talks about when they're playing uh, uh, the game, and she says, you're not for my son because you're not one of us. And she was talking about she's not from Asia. She yeah. was talking about her being raised as an American and being very eye-centric. You want to think about your dreams. You want to think about you. She was like, but in our culture, we think about the we. We think about the us. That same mentality applies here. That's your answer. We are a I society. We are an idealistic. We are a super, like, we believe that we should be able to do as human beings, whatever we desire. And to some degree, that's not wrong. But in a pandemic, when there's multiple layers to life and death, it is. And that's the problem. That's why I think that's where I don't blame Italy for going, yeah, screw this, shut it all down, shut it all down. Because they're not saying, we don't care about you guys. They're actually saying, we care about you guys. Sorry, I hear my son screaming. I'm like, what is he screaming for? He's probably hungry. It's like my mommy ears. I have like bat hearing now. I hear him cry and I, I like, all my focus becomes, why is he crying? Why is he crying right now? What does he need? What is he not getting? What, 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 what? <laughs> feel my boobs tingling with knowledge. Um, uh, yes, we are some uh, greedy, greasy motherfuckers. Some more than most, like just some more than others. It's just, it's just unfortunately how it is. We're selfish. We're selfish. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are so, I mean, there's so many different things that define selfishness. I feel like some people don't realize how selfish they are. The idea of selflessness became something that people did only to brag about it. Like, you know, where it was like you do a selfless act and you want it broadcast to the world so everybody knows how selfless you are, which is a form of selfishness in itself. Like people don't understand the idea of selflessness. Um, So how about this? We're self first. Well, yeah. That's, but that's the answer. The answer is that the reason why we're all tired of this is because each and every one of us to some degree is self first. Well, yeah, we all want life to return to some sort of normal uh, for our own personal reasons. You know, some people want it because their business is fucking dying without yeah. people coming in. Some people want it like, I would like my son to be able to go see his grandparents. Like I, I you know, I would, I would love that. I would love him to meet and see his grandparents in Indiana even driving to my parents' place and um, going there for Thanksgiving. Like that was like a situation where it was like, we're going to have to stop at a rest stop. We're going to have to like, I'm going to have to change his diaper. Like, where am I going to do that? That's safe. Like we walked into one rest stop and I walked right out and I was like, nope, I am not changing him in that disgusting ass bathroom. I am not changing him there. I was like, I will, I will wait till we get to my parents' house before I will put my son down on that. And that's another thing where it was like, you know, just in terms of traveling and, and road stuff, like roadside, like places where you stop, like service areas need to be mindful and need to keep their shit cleanly because that bathroom, I was like, okay, pre COVID, like I wouldn't have cared. I would have walked into that bathroom. Like it was any other bathroom post COVID. 
I'm I'm looking at that bathroom and I'm seeing germs everywhere. I'm like that that toilet paper on the floor, that unflushed toilet, that disgusting toilet over there. Like y'all yeah. should be on this, like because on you, this. If that's like that, then how much is on that handle and that's on that? How much is on that handle? The- how much is on the door that I had to touch to get in here? Like yep. mm-hmm. all of that, all of that comes into into mind. Like the, no, the yeah. mom rules are so. I mean, mom rules in general, like this is, this is something that's like, I've had a, not like a lot of people make comments uh, about, you know, watching Jaden and what I do with Jaden. Like it's, it's different when it's like, like I was holding Jaden up on my lap and letting his legs like sort of like letting him stand on his legs. And my mom was like, don't do that because he can get bow-legged. Like that's what the, the pediatrician told us about you when you guys wanted to stand earlier than you were supposed to. To me, that's different than yeah. like, some mom telling you like, oh, I wouldn't do that because your child's going to be this or that if you do that. Like with the no cry method, I don't do the cry it out method to put Jaden to sleep. There's a lot of moms, old school moms that are like, you got to let him cry it out. And I'm like, actually, no, according to everything I've read, that's actually more dangerous for the baby than you guys thought it was. And it's lazy parenting. To be like, I'm just going to let you cry until you literally pass out from exhaustion. Babies do not have the ability to self-soothe. They're not old enough yet. So the fact that parents think, oh, he'll learn to self-soothe. No, that's not what he's learning. What he's learning is no one will answer his cries. So in a state of panic, he will literally put himself to sleep out of exhaustion. And that's what the cry it out method does. But I know a lot of people who were trying to push that on me when, you know, I would tell them, oh, Jaden's only sleeping X amount of hours. But since using the no cry sleep solution, which is a great book, um, I've learned that everything I felt about the cry it out method was what this woman discovered by talking to different pediatricians and different therapists about children and what it actually teaches them. So a lot of moms will overstep a lot of moms overstep. I expected that. Like I expected it from my family. I expected it from whatever, but people have been a little more aware of that lately. However, there's this mom I follow on TikTok. Uh, mm-hmm. I started following this creator. Her name is um, Mama Horse Tales on TikTok. I her think, TikTok name. Uh, that's her TikTok name. Yes. Mama <laughs> Horse Tales. That's not her actual name. That would be weird <laughs> if her yeah. parents were like hippies and they were like, your name is Mama Horse Tales. Uh, no. <laughs> Garcia. Mama Horsetails Garcia. Hi, I'm Mama Horsetails Garcia. Wow, she's Latina. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy because the first part of your name would not let me think that you are Latina. But I love, I love the videos that she puts up. And she had a comment. Somebody had commented on her son who was like, I being picky with his food. Essentially, she put put a video up of him not wanting to try turkey on Thanksgiving. And her kind of like getting him to try a little bit of it, like basically bargaining with him to try a little bit of the turkey. And there was another mom who commented, wow, we made our kids eat what was on their plate. This is hard for me to watch because he's spoiled and it's ridiculous. Now, first of all, you never, ever, 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 no matter how you feel about somebody's child, call them spoiled because immediately the parent will get defensive. That's immediate. The parent will get defensive. Even if the kid is spoiled. Even if the kid is spoiled. Even if it is a spoiled thing. And to me, that's not spoiled behavior. You know what I mean? Like, bless you, love. I saw the sneeze coming. That's the the benefit of video. I saw it coming and I was like, let me just bless her right now. I don't think because 
what, what, what blows my mind about people is that as an adult, you can have issues with food. They can be texture issues. They can be taste issues. But when a child does that, you call that child spoiled. Yeah. When a grown up goes, I don't like the taste of guacamole because it's slimy. You go, okay, cool. When a kid does it, yeah. When a kid does it, all of a sudden that kid is spoiled. No, he just doesn't like it. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't have to eat it. There's yeah. a way that you can get kids to like certain foods, but if it's just a preference, so. Well, that's why she, I, I respect that she, she herself, yeah. his mother said the word picky because that's what I would call it. I wouldn't call it spoiled, but I would say picky. Yeah. At the end of the day, he is being picky. Yeah, he's being picky. But to a certain extent, a lot of us are as grown yeah. There's well, a picky's of, not a bad thing. It has a negative connotation, yeah. but it's not a bad thing. It's about preference. That's okay. He's a person. When people hear he's picky, they think pain in the ass. No, he's only a pain in the ass if you put the thing he doesn't like in front of his face and tell him he's got to eat it. But if you know right. what he's picky about, like if your son doesn't like peas, don't put peas in front of him and make him eat peas. Find right. another vegetable that he likes. Maybe he doesn't like peas, but he likes broccoli. Let him rock. Let him eat the broccoli. You know, like I I never understood being that crazy about kids not liking a certain thing if they don't like the taste and maybe they'll get older and they'll like it. Devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe some parents are in, again, survival mode and all you got to eat is the peas and I need you to eat because you also can't go to sleep not eating. And we didn't have enough enough options for your preference. I'm not saying right. I'm saying maybe that's where some doubling back on the devil advocate. If you already knew your son didn't like peas, why'd you buy peas? peas? But what if it's the first time? But what if it's the first first time? Then you should have a diverse amount of baby food. Like you shouldn't have just bought a bunch of peas. You know what I mean? Well, not baby food. Like this kid was at least five. Right, it's food. But I'm saying if it's food, food, then you already know his patterns. This isn't going to be the first time he's not liking something because you've already right. tried several different foods. So you already right. know by this age, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like this. He doesn't like this. So if you already know that, then you wouldn't have bought the things that he doesn't like, especially if you're going to be caught up and at home, you're going to yeah. want to buy and stock up on the things that he actually likes. It's interesting because it's like, I, I don't know how to feel about this, right? Like, because I don't have a kid and I think there's something about people's connections to their children that also then changes things. But on one end, I want to say, yes, like if someone doesn't like something, why are you forcing them? And then on the other hand, I want to, I want, because I come from the old school mentality of eat what's on your plate, right? Um, don't, don't, um, what, like, uh, my mom would say, don't waste food, right? Or they're the, the worst. There are their kids in Africa. Like she always used that. It was very guilty and I didn't like that. But I, I come from that school, like that learning. So I feel like then there is the other side where I go, but at what point are you also just teaching this person to that pickiness and that choice is okay? Because I've also met adults that then are so, super annoyingly particular in settings. And I'm sorry, I feel like, like for instance, you, you have dietary needs, but you're very um, honest about them and very gracious about them in, mm-hmm. in, in um, restaurants. And when somebody can't fulfill your needs, you'll find an alternative, you. But there are people yeah, I know. There are who people are the worst. And I'm sorry, that's because their parents were like, well, what would you like, Billy? 
it depends to me on how you approach the situation. I feel like watching that video, she she did everything that was the right course of action in trying to get him to eat the turkey or trying to get him to try the turkey without forcing him and without being overbearing where it was like, just try it. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. Like, it's just, just try it. But the just try it thing is so important. I think the kids that end up being that super picky are the kids where it's like, oh, she just doesn't like that without even having really tried it. Or yeah, she saw it and didn't want to try it. The longest time my husband was like, I don't like Brussels sprouts. And I'm like, yeah, because your mom probably used to just boil them and not season them and just give them straight to you like that. I'm like, have you ever had some crispy Brussels sprouts? Cause them choices, the shit. And then yeah. I, we tried some crispy Brussels sprouts and he was like, you know what? If she had made them like this, I would have liked them. Sometimes yeah. it's just about your experience with that food too. And showing right. people a different way of, flavoring stuff of cooking stuff of eating it that way like I Jeremy luckily like my husband grew up luckily with um fresh vegetables so for him eating vegetables is like he loves that not a lot of uh a lot of adults I know are as into vegetables as my husband because his dad had a garden in the back would pick the vegetables like fresh and would feed him I don't know how my son's gonna feel about vegetables but I'm gonna try to find flavorful ways to introduce them into his life into his diet so that no. way he's not disgusted by them and not like, ugh, just because it's a vegetable doesn't mean you have to make it and make it taste bland. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I know that from my mom's, like watching my mom with my nieces, um, a lot of parents need to introduce those fo- foods earlier. So for instance, rely less on actual baby food mm-hmm. and make your own baby food. Take no. things, puree them because that's the flavor. What they're not liking is the flavor. Now, mind you, let's just say your child likes pureed peas, right? And then once you start introducing it as solid peas, they don't like it. It might be a texture thing. It might be that. So then you go, hmm, let's try this again. I'm going to go back to the puree. Oh, it's just the texture thing. See, that's how you realize he's not picky. He just has preferences and that's fine. But if he goes, I don't like I, oh, I love puree peas, but I don't like vegetables. Yeah, there are certain ages where a kid is just being a kid and is just yeah. trying to be annoying because they don't want to eat the green stuff on their plate. And you got to weave your way around that. I'm going to say this, though. In the video with her son, one thing I will say, and it's not a critique, it's just an observation. I think the reason why the lady called him spoiled is because of the way he came off. And here's why I think he came off that way. Because most kids do not like being filmed. They feel some type of way about having a camera on them. So I think that it's very important also to know that she has every right to put her kid on camera. She has every right to do that. But if your kid does not look comfortable on camera, to some people it reads as arrogant or spoiled or blah 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 you know what I mean I think he read very like oh why did this lady have a camera on me when she knows I don't even like food or what are you doing you're I think like to an extent his little brain was like oh you're recording me so you're gonna show this to everybody on on the on the internet that I'm gonna be extra a certain way going back to the video because we never actually explained the one that inspired it so you sent me this TikTok um, that she made another TikTok. So um, if for anybody who doesn't know TikTok, TikTok has the ability to reply to p- 
people's messages yeah, so with comments. another video, right? So somebody sends a comment, you can reply to the comment making an entirely different video. So she, um, the the uh, creator of, again, what is her name? Mom, Mama Horse Tales, um, made a video called Be Better Carla. She's responding to the lady who said the whole, your kid is spoiled. And here's yeah. what it says. Do you want me to just read it or are you going to yeah. read it? Okay. <laughs> that back to Carla. Be better, Carla. She says, hey, I'm going to deliver this message from this generation of moms. We don't do this. We don't shame each other like that. Mm -hmm. I can tell by your comment what type of generation you had uh, to mom in. And I'm sorry that you guys felt the need to do this to each other and to receive this from each other. But we don't do this. I don't owe you an explanation, but I will tell you we've tried everything. He just doesn't care about food. Um which I loved her response because she wasn't being rude. She wasn't being rude to this woman who was clearly being rude to her, who was calling her child spoiled without even ever having met the child, worked with the child, based off of one video was calling her child spoiled, not knowing any of the circumstances behind this. Maybe this kid has dietary restrictions, maybe whatever, you don't know, but you're just, because of how you parent, you're calling this child spoiled and shaming this mom. Because really she was shaming the mom. Mm -hmm and trying to be like, like you should be ashamed because your child is spoiled. And so I loved her response to this because she was just like, yeah, we don't do this in this generation. And I know exactly what she's talking about. You know, I think like, I know like myself and my best friend, James, like we've talked about how we were raised and what we want to avoid with our children. Well, a lot of what we want to avoid with our children is certain things that certain ways that we were spoken to and the way that we were treated. Like instead of answering all of our questions, we came from the generation of parents that were like, why you ask so many damn questions? Yeah. Instead of honoring stuff like that and honoring inquisitiveness and letting somebody be inquisitive as a child, especially since they don't know anything and this is their first go at life. Yeah. Understanding that. we right. get Gen A generation that's all inquisitive as annoying. Yes. Inquisitive as annoying and disrespectful. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, no, no. Being inquisitive is not disrespectful. If your no. child has never experienced the authority that you are taking over them, of yeah. course they are going to question things. Why do I have to brush my teeth? Why do I have to go to bed at this time? And all it takes is a little step in explaining that to a child, which to be fair, a lot of parents from that generation were so busy trying to support their families, trying to take care right. of their families, that when that stuff would come up, it was like, this is not, this is trivial. I don't want to answer these questions. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm trying to pay bills. I'm trying to keep you safe and healthy. Right. And you're asking me a million questions. Right. And that's where that impatience come from. So that's like, to be fair, I understand where the impatience comes from. And yeah. I won't even have to work on that myself with certain things where it's like, just even being patient when my son now at four months won't go to sleep when I want him to go to sleep. Right. Like, I need you to sleep so mommy can sleep. He don't know that. He doesn't know that. He doesn't understand that concept. All he knows is I don't want to go to sleep right now. And you're trying to force me to go to sleep. Hey. For what purpose? Now I'm crying because I, I don't understand what's going on. I haven't hey. given you any cues that I'm tired. But because you want me to go to sleep at this time, now you're confusing me. And I've, I'm trying to go into parenthood with that understanding. So when she said that about the generational thing, it's something that I'm try to, I try my best to be very conscious and aware of. Okay. Because it's also something you're gonna deal with with your family members. Like, I don't know if you went through it with your niece where it was like, your mom does things differently than your sister does. Whereas like yeah, your mom definitely. may have 
a level of discipline or a way of talking to a child that your sister probably doesn't adhere to? Yes, to a degree. Yeah. Um, but again, I think that also depends on, there's, there's, there's many different ways that I feel about this because I also do think there's a such thing, not necessarily my sister, but like in a former relationship, I think there's a such thing as selfish parenting as well. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of parents who are parenting about the way they didn't want to be parented rather than parenting in the way that their child should be parented. And or I think needs to be parented. Yeah. There's a difference. And there's a lot of people who, because I was done this or because I wasn't given this. And so I'm going to do this. Your child is not you. Yeah. So you're literally just making up for your trauma and possibly creating a no, an entirely new problem. So I do think there's that as well, right? Yeah. Like there's a fine line of self-awareness that comes with new age parenting, right? And we're asking people to be self-aware in a way that those survival people didn't have to. I mean, they didn't, didn't have, have luxury they, to. Yes, exactly. I was going to say the same right. thing. They did not have that luxury. And, and so, but, but, um, cause I looked into this woman's page. Um, she considers herself a millennial, but you know, in our, and we've had this discussion before she's like 39. So technically I don't think she's a millennial. I don't, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people don't, um, think that Xennials are a thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't understand what it was like to be the generation that rode the line between right. what was millennial culture and what was the culture before that, yes. where, yes. you know, I, I agree. I, there's a lot of people that don't look at Xennials as a thing. And I'm like, no, it was a, it was a completely different thing to go through. Well, yeah, because, um, the, you know, the, the internet boom, the 2000s, yep. it changed things. But um, even though millennials technically do start in the early 80s, about 83, um, so she's about 39, which makes her before 83. And technically she considered herself a millennial, but a let's for her sake, a elder millennial, very elder. I would consider her a zennial, but whatever. I like to think this is where zennials um, should, for the most part, realize they're a lot more like millennials than they think, because that's all about self-awareness and self-care, being that type of parent saying, we don't do that. That kind of thing is not a genera generation X thing, right? Like it's not those type, it's not yeah. those generations at all. It is a very, um, uh, uh, I want to attempt this thinking about the child as a person and having a new way of like uh, um, teaching them in a way that I feel personally uh, hindered my generation mm -hmm. and my and, and people like me. The reason why I say it's a very interesting thing for, for people, her demographic, and I like this about her comment, is that she recognizes, whether she considers herself a millennial or not, that when she said, we don't do that, she meant women her age. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying women between the age of 42 and probably 37. Mm -hmm. Women her age still have a very millennial way of looking at kid, uh, like raising children, which is we don't shame each other. We don't come down on each other. We share information and we definitely don't sit here judging each other's children. So when she said do better, I really respected that because all she was saying is I'm not going to come at you, yeah. but I am going to let you know 
that's not cool. And I respect that you came from a time where that was normal, but it's not cool. I will say this though. What I hated watching about that video was that she felt the need because I don't, this is where I'm not a mother and I don't think a mother should have to do this. She felt the need to have to explain that her son is not spoiled. I respect why she did it, but that was the importance of how crappy that comment that the Carla lady said, because it put this woman in a position where she had to defend her child. That was crappy to me. I was like, well, that's the thing. You know? a lot more moms do that and don't realize they're doing that because even new agey millennial moms, if yeah. they see you doing something that they don't agree with, they yeah. will try to correct your behavior. Yeah. Like, well, Oh, I see but- you saying this and this to your son. And it's like, okay, yes, I say this and this, but you don't know the reason behind it. Like when I'm talking to my son and he is an infant and I know he doesn't really compute a lot of what I'm saying. I know that things with him are tonal and things with him are habitual. So if he knows I'm taking him in the back, I'm changing his diaper, I'm getting him ready for bed. He knows I'm going to bed now. I sent mommy the signals and I'm going to bed. I don't have to try to explain to him as a four month old why I'm taking him to bed. But when he is in panic mode and he's crying hysterically and I'm talking to him and I'm going, it's okay, I'm going to feed you. I'm keeping it calm because if I get hysterical, he's going to get more hysterical. But there are parents that look at that and they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't say this and this and this. You need to start the language early. Like, you know, it's okay to be scared. I get scared too. And I go, yeah, when he can compute that, we will talk like that. But for right now, I am his safety. I am what makes him feel safe and comfort. That is the, to me, that is the fine line between what this woman was doing with shaming, 100%. Yes. But what you're talking about is something that, um, here's the irony. We just talked about uh, growing up in generations where we were told inquisitiveness is annoying. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, younger millennials grew up in an information technology where they did not learn the importance of mind your business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's the difference. So you either have a mom like this woman who's shaming because that was the culture of her mom years, or you have the younger. And when I say younger, I mean the younger millennials Mm -hmm. who are almost know-it-alls because of this. But here's it's so funny because there's a fine line. I like to think, and I'm not a mom, so I'm very not in this conversation, but it's, I've read in a book, Mm -hmm. a book. Which I'm not going to lie, I've done that because I have- But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you got to look at that fine line. You're reading in books, the books are helping you. Great. I don't judge anything. I really don't have an opinion on anything. But you're also- then saying that books are essential towards childbearing. So that younger millennial parent who's giving you that advice that they should be minding their business Mm -hmm. is also thinking, well, I read in a book that maybe you didn't read. And yes, you might be right. But at the end of the day, the best thing you could do is suggest the book to the mother. Don't tell her what the book said. Just go, Later on. Or like make it more you? of a suggestion than a, than a semi-passive-aggressive judgmental yes. statement where it's like yes. you're being very passive-aggressive, but you're still being judgmental. You're yes. just doing it in a gentler way, yes. but you're still acting like you know how to raise my child better than I right. do. Which is the mind your business. Yes, which is where I- the mind your business definitely comes in where it's like, 
okay, but mind your business, especially when, and here's the kicker, especially when it's somebody that you look at how their child behaves and you're like, oh, really? Did that work for you? Did that, did that work for you? Because I see how your son runs this household. So how exactly do you think that that's going to work in the future when you're dealing with a teenager who thinks you don't know shit when you've already established who runs the house here and who right. what they want you've established a wrong chain of command in my opinion and right. here you are trying to tell me how to parent when i see you getting run by your child as right. opposed to like when i see like my sister and her daughter my twin sister and her daughter have an amazing relationship with the way they speak to each other, the way they communicate with each other is unbelievable for somebody who's a teenager. Like her daughter's a teenager and I see that she loves her mom 100%, will talk to her mom about anything, feels comfortable talking to her mom. That's, I feel, the precedent I wanna set with my son. I want Jaden to know no matter what it is, no matter how scared you are to tell me, you can come to me. I am still your comfort. I am still where you are the safest. I am still here for you. Even if I get pissed, even if I get mad, I want him to know you can still come to me because I'm not going to completely wall out on you. I will get mad. I will probably, if it depends on how life-threatening the situation was that you're bringing to me, I will get mad, but I will be glad that you are safe and that you can come to me and talk to me about this versus going to a stranger or versus asking a stranger their advice over your own parents who are only looking out for your best interest. Right. I, I just think when it comes down to it, also you have to ex- understand that sometimes you're just meeting someone or seeing someone and their kid on that specific day. And so you're also going off of one instance, again, approaches everything. Like if I were to be in the mom gang, I think the kindest way you can is let the situation play out. If we have some type of relationship, then do you feel comfortable going, yo, Gina? Um, so I had read a few books on this. I it, like, I, I just, I don't know if that's a an occur- a reoccurring thing. Yeah. Um, do you uh, uh, want me to give you the books that I like know about? Only, see, that's the best approach to it. The only time I would ever suggest a book is if like a mom was going through a similar situation that I went through. Right. Like for instance, if somebody was like, I don't want to do the cry it out method, but I can't get this baby to sleep. I'd be like, well, I read this book. It helped me. I didn't do the cry it out method. I feel like if you, if you want to learn more about this method and you want a gentler method, then read this right. book. But never would I overstep and and just be like, well, you should do this, this, and this. It's okay if you want my advice as somebody who went through the same situation, like when it comes to breastfeeding and how difficult breastfeeding is. You know, um, Jenna's brother had just had a, his girl just had a baby and she was like, she's having trouble making milk. And I said, well, as somebody who had trouble making milk too, I tried this, 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 and this. Yeah. Uh, tell her to try those things, see if they work before investing the hundreds of dollars I invested in different lactation products. Yeah. You know, what, what works for her. And it was helpful. Stuff like that, that helps moms out that are going through things totally different than being yeah. overbearing and basically you know coming out your face. Yeah. You know it all. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you know, like that we all have our individual lives and that's your individual child and your, your choice. Now, mind you, I think, listen, the only time a mom should not mind her business is when there's physical abuse yep 100%. that is when i'm not here for somebody going don't tell me if physical or emotional up, abuse if you are yes. shitting on a child yes if, if you and your child you're stupid like and i'm yeah. seeing it i'm i understand you might tell me mind my business i understand why you would tell me mind my business but in that situation 
most people would agree that in your right to tell me to mind my business, I also had the human right to speak up for that child. Yeah, That's- that child is too afraid of you to speak up for him or herself. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the other adult in this situation and let you know. You know, that's that's why you see so many I hate seeing these videos of kids with low self-esteem. Ooh, shit. I'm <laughs> a joint right there. Uh because of how their parents have spoken to them, calling them stupid, calling them this, calling them that. Um there was a great I wish I could remember what the meme said exactly, but it was something to the extent of um my mother-in-law acts like or something about somebody's mother-in-law was being, was trying to tell them how to raise their kid. And she's like, well, based on how your son turned out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around giving advice. It's like, unless you've raised an impeccable human being, you really should not go telling other people how to raise their kids. Examine how your children turned out first and what their issues are before you tell somebody you should do this. You should be more forceful. You should do that. And even then, that's Any a different sense. human being. Mind your business. It's a, to mind your business. We need mind more your mind your business. You oh, that's the definition. Do you want to know the definition of bitch assness? People who do not know how to mind, mind their, their business. business. <laughs> that was beautiful. Mind their business. Yes, mind your business. Mind your business. You don't know what you're talking about. Let's move into the dear Gina because I I got to bounce in a little bit. One to pee, two to pump, and three because I'm also going to be a guest on someone else's podcast today. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll be doing that. Uh, <laughs> dear Gina, since the onset of this pandemic, my boyfriend let his facial hair just grow and keep growing. Child, I know. I'm not a big fan of unkempt beards, so I want him to shave it down. Not completely, but just so he's more GQ than farmers only. Oh, damn. But he loves his bushy beard and says it gives him confidence. How do I tell him that I'm not attracted to this look? And is it fair to ask someone to change up their appearance or style for you? This is a tricky thing because um, I remember when my husband grew his hair out. Um, I don't like long hair on guys. I, I don't find it attractive. I don't like it. If you want to grow out your hair, do you. It's your own business. And I never told him to cut his hair for that reason that I, I feel like you shouldn't tell somebody especially if they like the way they look, you shouldn't tell somebody change that shit for me. I told him, I was honest with him. I said, I don't find it attractive, but if you like it, then do you. I'm just letting you know, I personally don't find it attractive, Yeah. Um, but I'll deal with it. I was literally like, I'll still hit it, but <laughs> I don't particularly find it attractive. It's not, it's not how I like the way you wear hair. And that was, a harder conversation to have than I thought because I didn't want to be rude, but it's not in my nature to sugarcoat a lot of things. Yeah. So I had to be honest with him and that sparked a conversation about why he grew his hair out and what, what the real purpose was. And so we had a whole conversation about on a deeper level, why his hair, why he was growing his hair out. But I understand the reluctancy to tell somebody, I don't like that look on you because you if somebody's rocking a certain look and they think they look fly and you come in and you kill that kind of confidence for them, I don't like making somebody second guess themselves and feel like crap. But I also, if it's your partner, I, I feel like you have to speak up and at least let them know. So I feel like this is a conversation that you know needs to be handled very delicately and just letting your partner know, I know that you like this look. I know that you feel like you're rocking this look but it's not my favorite look on you. And I'm literally just kind of dealing with it right now because you like it. But I would prefer if you were to shave that beard down. I would really, I would prefer it, 
but I'm not your mama. I don't run your life. You're going to do what you do because you're a grown up. But I'm letting you know as your partner, as someone who loves being attracted to you, that's not how I see you as attractive. Like, I don't think it's an attractive look on you. That's a hard conversation to have with somebody. And I, I, I good luck with, um, with all that because you never know how somebody's going to take to that. Because I know me personally, like the most honest man in my life is my brother. And when my brother has seen me in clothes that he thinks are not flattering on me, he does not waste a single second. He has taken clothes out of my closet and been like, we're getting rid of this. This is not flattering on you. This is, well, he's also a gay man. So like it, we give them leeway to be a little more sass with their responses. But when he's told me that I've always been kind of thankful because even if I felt like I really loved an outfit, if it made me, if it didn't make me like, it wasn't a flattering fit or a flattering look, I'd rather be told that than be kept in the dark and think I'm looking fly and rocking a look that I think looks like one thing. Like I remember when my husband grew out his hair, he thought he was looking like Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. I was like, Mm-mm, you look like a lost Hanson, bro- Hanson brother. And I do not, I'm not feeling this look. Mm, bop that shit away because I am not feeling this little long ass hair you got going. So it's also how people think they look versus how they actually look. Like they may be trying to copy a celebrity style and it's like, nah, that works for that specific person. Don't really work for you, boo-boo. I know you want to believe it. And maybe there's one in 10 people who might see the the way you see it, but the other nine people, we on the same page. We are like, no, 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 get rid of that. So, I mean, my take on it is, is try as, you definitely need to have the conversation. You need to have the conversation to let your partner know how you're feeling, but try to handle it as gently as you can because people's confidence can just dip so easily when their partner is like, I'm not, I'm not into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. See, the first thing I thought of was like, um, be probably because the, in the, in the opposite is I'm assuming, yeah, she's, uh, the person said boyfriend. So I'm assuming it's a girl. Um, yes, but I don't want to coming from a female. Yeah. Okay. So, um, in, in the reversed, if it was like your weight, I, that's the first thing I went into my yeah. brain. Like if he, if you put a few pounds on and he was like, I'm not attracted to that. You know, we would be quick as women who believe in like, uh, individualism would be like, don't let no man tell you about, and I get it. Don't yeah. let nobody tell you about your weight and what that is. But that's still your physical, the same way his facial hair is his physical, mm-hmm. right? And it's not something that as women, we will understand because a majority of us do not grow full beard. So we don't even understand beard culture. We don't yeah. even understand how, like, how it changes how they feel about themselves. We don't understand that inside, right? So I get that. I get, like, the... um hesitation I will say um so this person said since the pandemic right um this almost makes me feel like it's a first and of Mm -hmm. like growing it to this unkept level it almost makes me feel like it's a first so um it's weird because it's like he loves his bushy beard and says it gives him confidence. So it sounds to me like this is newfound confidence because again, if not this, you said from the pandemic. So this yeah, is the yeah. first time this is happening. So this is newfound confidence. You want to continue to encourage that on one end, but you want to be real. Just be real, but be kind. Tell yeah. him straight up, listen, 
um, it's not really doing it for me. Like I like when you wear your hair like this, but mm -hmm. that's on, that's for you. That's on you. That's your body. I get that. Now, if, if what you're asking is no, I need him to change it. If what you're asking is that, because sometimes that's what people are asking, then my advice is cut a deal. Okay. Cut a deal. This is relationships. There's compromises. Now, in saying that, I'm still aware of the fact that when you ask, if you ask to cut the deal, please know eventually and probably sooner than you think he's going to come back with a counter deal about uh -huh. something about you. Mm -hmm. so be comfortable be with that. Be, be comfortable. Yeah. So if he comes at you and goes, okay, well, then can like you save the upper part of your thigh, please. Yes. It, and then maybe, yeah, maybe it could be that, or maybe it could be the way you wear your eyebrows. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it got, could. And ladies, ladies, please, I implore you. If you have terrible eyebrows, let someone help you. Well, yes. I, um, but it could be your nails. Yeah. I had an ex-boyfriend who, you know, I think I started wearing like fake nails, like acrylic nails a year ago, mm -hmm. right? Because of the pandemic, I had to stop. But prior to that, I'm a nail biter. Like I never did nails. And I had a boyfriend in college who used to say, you know, I really like what um, girls, when girls wear nails and like, I would love to see that on you. And I remember the way that I was, first off, I was like, no, cause I don't feel comfortable with them. And then number two, I was like, so you about to fund this habit? Like this, this preference? Cause if you about to put a nail fund for Catherine, then maybe I'll consider it. Now, looking back at that, he was just expressing his preference. And I get that. At the end of the day, that's not what broke us up, but I think if we would have stayed together, I might have, look, like I said, years later, I started getting into nails. So yeah. if we would have stayed together, I would have been like, look at what I've been to these days. So you see what I'm saying? I would have kept that in mind. So mm -hmm. yes, say it because he might keep it in mind. Say it because some people have deals with their significant others where it's like, there's 12 months in a year since you like facial hair to this extent, can we do that in the colder months? But in the summer months, like in the hotter months, can we go to like a more tame one? Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, he's going to come for something. He's going to come for something. Just know he's going to come ready. for something. And here's the thing. You probably already know what it is. Yeah. You probably already he know what hasn't he said it. Like. Yeah. I'll tell you, like Jeremy told me from the start, he doesn't like short hair on women. Like he doesn't like the pixie cuts. He doesn't like super short hair on women. He doesn't find it attractive. So I've been mindful of that and been like, all right, I'll be mindful of that because I mean, one, I prefer my hair longer. So he lucked out. But if I ever did want to cut my hair, I know he wouldn't stop me, but I would be aware of depending on how short I cut it, that he would feel very awkward if I got a pixie cut because he's not attracted to that, to women that have like pixie cuts like that. So I already know that going in. So I would be doing something on purpose that I know he's not into. And I would have to mentally accept that and be like, this is about me, not about him. And I'm going to go into that. And I would explain that to him in the first place. If I was going to cut my hair and shave it all off, I'd be like, look, this is the deal. I'm cutting my hair. I know you're not into it. My hair will eventually grow back, grow back. But I'm letting you know, this is the reason why. Just like when he grew his hair out and I was questioning it and just letting him know, like, is this a midlife crisis thing? Cause I feel like you're trying to be cool. Like, 
like what is going on with your hair and he was honest about it he was like it does make me feel cooler to have long hair like a rock star and I was like well um doesn't look cool uh <laughs> to me right yeah it doesn't look cool to me I'm just letting you know not my thing don't think it looks cool you look more you look less Metallica more like Kenny Rogers like I just don't like I I don't know where you're getting this style from that you think you look like a rock star but like we had to have that conversation and I had to respect the fact that it affects his confidence to have his hair a certain length but let me let me let me say this because I have to say it so using this example with your example with the short hair thing Mm-hmm. Now we, sh- and again, I am someone who in my brain, I will break it all down because mm-hmm. I like to understand situations. Now she's talking about unkept. This kind of circles back to our idea that women care about hygiene. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't like, it's not that she doesn't like the beard. It's that there is a certain level of beard that looks unkept. It looks unhygienic. Yep. It looks kind of like, um, not dirty, but you're just like, it does it not look unpleasant. Like, I don't exactly. want to make out with somebody who looks like the end of a broom. Like, I yeah. don't. And you know what it looks like? I'm going to tell you what it looks like. It looks like food gets stuck from two days ago all the way in the bottom. And I'm going to see it on my bed, number one. Or number two, there's a level, like a length of facial hair, regardless of the texture, that starts to look like split ends. Yeah. And girls oh, are trained to not mess with split ends. So it's we're like, like if you've never kissed anybody that has a full on beard, yes. that shit is uncomfortable. uncomfortable. It's like, uh-huh. I am getting stabbed. Yes. For some reason, there's moisture in this beard and I don't know yes. where it came from. Like, I'm like, yes. this is disgusting. I don't want to kiss you and feel the weird moist hair that is around your face from drinking, brushing your teeth, whatever yep. that you haven't fully taken care of. Like you're not wiping yourself down after every fucking meal. You're yep. not, you're not mindful of what gets caught in your beard. Cause I'll find like crumbs or whatever. If you look at beards, you'll see like little shit in it. So yep. yeah, 100%. I think it's also a hygiene thing. Cause she did but, say unkept. But so in that situation, you might also want to say that, that it has yeah. something to do with the way you prefer hygienically. It's making you feel some way. Now, to go into what Gina said about the hair thing, I've had this conversation about men who prefer women with long hair. That has everything to do with sexuality because it has everything to do with men not feeling like short hair goes on with the feminine ideal. And I'm going to say the truth at that point, that is their problem. Hygiene is a human problem. Um, the preference of a style that is synonymous to female or male yep, is a sexuality problem. You cannot look past the whoever this person is cannot look past whatever it is that you think that you that's, were a, taught. that's a primarily male hairstyle. Right. And because yeah. of that, you cannot look past that and right. see a beautiful woman with a pixie haircut. Like, right. Like I, I will tell you, there is nothing I respect more then the men, I'm going I'm to I'm be a little graphic, more than the men who not only, I, and there's like what, two that I slept with mm-hmm. when I had a full pixie cut that even the back of my hair was like a shape up. Yo, I had to get it shaped yep. up, shaped yep. up, shaped up. The nice little, zzz, I had yep. that. I respect nothing more than the guys, not only who I had full on like situationships with or, or mm-hmm. relationship with, cause it was two different times that I've had my hair that short, but then did it from behind. Cause let uh, me tell you, baby. Yep. 
<laughs> Yo, you got to have confidence. 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 And then especially, you better have confidence because my hair look, look, line look better than yours. My hair yeah. line is looking better. My hair is lined yours. up. Your hair ain't lined up. So respect the lineup. <laughs> respect the lineup of this dude right now. I got a fresh fade. So. But let me tell you, with those guys, I'm not, you know, I'm not revering them above anybody, but that does say something. They could still see my femininity. Yes, 100%. That is not the same thing as hygiene and unkeptness. No, it's not. He's not upset at my hairstyle because it's unkept, right? Like, because this is where men are not the same. Men don't care if your hair looks like uh, dead at the end because you've bleached it for years and years and years. They don't care about that as long as it's long. Yeah, as long as it's long, as long as it's feminine looking or along with what the feminine ideal is for a lot of people. Which which... is why I say this is a fine line. There's a difference between a a preference um, and almost a bias. And I think that hers is a bias and a preference, but based in hygiene. Yes, it's more hygiene based than anything else because you are correct. She mentions nothing about like she says unkempt. This is if his beard was actually well taken care of and there's ways to take care of a, even a long beard that make it look good. Just like if you had long hair as a man, it's there's ways to make your hair look like I think like like with Jason Momoa, his curly hair. He has oh. long curly hair that he makes look fabulous. Like he his hair is amazing. And there's yeah. ways to style and do your hair. Yeah. Like ironically enough, when Jeremy had long hair, as much as I didn't like it, when he would put it back in a ponytail, I as much as I don't like ponytails on men, I'd be like, Well, that looks a lot better to me than having it out. Like the way well, that it, you're actually doing it. It flattered his face more. Yes. Like it, much it actually- more opened it a lot more where some people can do that with the with the hair down yes i will say this though um just to like go into one thing about um the unkeptness just to give a male possibly perspective like um again devil's advocate i had a guy friend who once told me him and a girl stop messing around because he prefers that if he's gonna go down on her mm-hmm. that she go wash up first and here's the thing he said it to me he said she was appalled she was offended that he asked her to go um freshen up and my first question when he said that was do you okay 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 and his answer was oh if i'm being honest he's all we're friends now but we were we did have a situation okay he was like Yes, you know I do. And he does. He okay. is the one who will go take a shower before anything. Before asking for so anything, which is before, very considerate. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. But it's also how he likes to keep himself. Exactly. He's all about, he's actually a little too pretty boy. So he's like, I only care about my, you know what I mean? But like well, that's the thing. Own. If somebody's respectful enough to do that and then request the same for you, if he didn't do it, it'd be one thing. But it's like yes. the fact that he does it and is asking for the same from you shouldn't yep. be something that appalls you. That yep. is something that, and that is a hygiene thing where it is yes. like, like, I want to get down. I want to have but fun. You see but- how in that situation, yeah. for instance, in that situation, he, like this woman, is talking about unkeptness, is talking about hygiene, is talking yeah. about preference and hygiene. She is internalizing it. You calling me dirty? No, honey. I'm calling myself dirty when I go into the exactly. shower so you could get it fresh. I'm saying, I'm saying people's no-no zones 
are are generally places where bacteria and all this other stuff can form. So yeah, being a little more hygienic, being aware of how hygienic you are, especially when you're doing a hibbity dibbity, that's yeah. that's something that's good for everybody. Like that's and, good for everybody. And if you're with somebody who doesn't care and you don't care, that's cool too. Like no judgment. I'm just saying that in that situation, it's not fair just because he is a man to make it about oh he's telling me as a woman that i'm dirty no he's no. just see what i'm saying like i know yeah. how to look at when something is hygiene that's the preference there is the wanting to shower yes like please shower beforehand but it's based in an a human idea of hygiene yes 100%. right and if you don't feel comfortable with washing your cooter but like you, you would like somebody to wash their, you know, their penis, then that's hypocritical. Well, in this situation, if she doesn't feel comfortable with how unclean it might make her feel the, the full beard, he's going to come with something with hygiene, homie. He's going to yeah. come with something. Hit it might be like, hygiene. it might be like shaving your armpits. It might be like shaving your legs in the winter. Yeah. If I, if I can't keep my beard in the summer, you shave your legs in the winter. It might be that. Yeah, it might be something like that. And it's just like, well, if you're going to compromise, make, make good with the compromise. Yep. I hope that we have helped the situation and good luck with the, with the bearded dragon you are dealing with. Yep. Um, uh, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at CatherineG.Mendoza and then on fi- um, Facebook, um, on Twitter at Kathy Grace 24 And Kathy is K-A-T-H-I-E. Sweet. You guys know you can find me uh, on Instagram at Gbrion. TikTok is Gbrion80, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, and the website is ginabrion.com or .net. Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon. Uh, I always like to end the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time. I assume my mommy is listening right now. Hi, mom. I love you. Thank you for listening. Blah, blah, blah. She always <laughs> listen to the podcast. I know. She uh, gives yeah. comments. She does. She's the absolute best. She gives comments on them. We love you, mom. Thank you for listening. And my brother listens too. So shout out to my brother, Tony, because I know he listens to uh, the podcast as well. Thank you to all of our listeners, to all of our supporters. I just want to give a, a special thank you. I'm feeling extra grateful and thankful today for you guys that love and support the podcast spread the word tell a friend to tell a friend uh we're, we're doing some big things with the podcast and there's some great stuff coming up uh i can't tell you that right now but you know you'll see sure <laughs> keep following us you'll see what happens uh all right you guys thank you and until next time do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him my nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.